Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. So we're doing a series called Monday Matters. Monday Matters, we're talking about what happens after Sunday. Uh, sometimes the problem with, with church life is that um, uh, what seems to be projected is Sunday is the most important day of the week and well, you know, in some regard it is, but actually when you look at it in terms of your, the priority of your time and where you're spending most of your time, it's a, most, most of it's at work. Yeah. Now we, we ought to be talking about that. And uh, your calling is worked out during the week yeah. as much as it is here. This is just a small portion of it. And um, today I want to, uh, you know, I want to talk about... Uh, um, uh, this, my subtitle of today's sermon is, it's the Lord's work. Um, you know, when people refer to me and Rachel, or Rachel and I, I should say, my mum would have told me off for saying me and Rachel, <laughs> Rachel and I, uh, you know, people might refer to us as pastors, at w- which we are, um, and they would say things like, well, they're doing the Lord's work, you know, oh, they're such good people because they're doing the Lord's work, which, um, you know, for Rachel is very true, she is a good person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she does do the Lord's work, but it, it's a funny, it's a funny concept that that um, that saying comes out of because what it tends to do is it tends to separate us as pastors from everybody else, um, in, because we work for the church, we're doing the Lord's work, and those who are not working for the church, the the professionals or the you know the people in entertainment or the businessmen or the housewives, or whatever it is that you have found yourself doing. Well, that's, that's different. That's not really the Lord's work. That's just work. Right? And, and it's interesting because when you read the Bible and begin to understand it, you'll begin to understand, the, the, and this is why it's good to know the Bible, um, you'll begin to see that there's no separation. My job as a pastor is actually just a function within the body of Christ. It's not the main thing, um, which I'm kind of disappointed about, you know. <laughs> I mean, I like the limelight, I, I, I will admit, but, you know, the thing is, is it's not about me. And it's a real shame when we miss that as churches. We miss an incredible part. In fact, it's an integral part of the kingdom of God that we are all here just doing the Lord's work. Right. Whether it be during the week or whether it be on a Sunday, you know, as a pastor, whether you end up in, you know, full-time, you know, some of you laugh because you know what I'm talking about. You know, it's like, I'm going into full-time now. Full-time what? Yeah, well, full-time for the church, the full-time, the Lord's work. Now I'm my calling, you know. It's like, but, you know, everybody else, they're all just doing work. That's not the way it is. God didn't, when He called Adam, you know, uh, the first guy in the Bible, the first person to ever live, you know, that guy, Adam, his name was Adam. I don't know if you know that, uh, but he, 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 didn't, he didn't say, okay, Adam, um, now uh, you're calling, you know, since you're the first human being, you need to start a church, you know. He didn't. He said, go and work in the garden. This is your job. And it's interesting that Adam, he's the first guy and he was the guy that, you know, would walk through the garden with God. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't a pastor, you know. 
It's interesting, right? But we, we kind of think, oh, you know, pastors, men of God, well, they've got some sort of hotline to God. No, I don't. I really don't. If you can find it, please tell me because I'll come and use it too. I'm just a normal guy that's working out my walk with the Lord who, who is reliant upon the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus saved me from myself, from my sin, from the stuff that I struggle with. He set me free from that and he's teaching me his ways as I walk the rest of this journey on this world as, as, as it is right now. And, and, and yes, I do have a, have a gifting, a calling or whatever you want to call it as a leader, but it's strictly a functional thing. It doesn't make me special. It doesn't make anyone special you know, to be a pastor, to we're just people. And, uh, and I, I just, I just want to, my main thing I want to, the reason why I, I've kind of launched on into that little soapbox kind of topic is, is because I just want everyone to understand the main thing from this sermon today that I want to talk about is it's all the Lord's work. What you do is the Lord's work. There is no separation from pastors and workers. There's nothing. There's nothing. That is a, that if you study church history, it's actually a, a, a um, it was a mistake that the reform, okay, I'm getting into technical stuff. If you know what I'm talking about, it's okay. If you don't, it's all right. It doesn't, it's no, but the, ref, the reformers came in and changed all of that. And they said, hold on a second. So it was during, during uh, mid, kind of, I uh, forget the exact dates, but around about 500 BC, 600 BC, they had separated. They had the priests and they had the plebs. And then the reformers came and said, ah, ah, no, this is not right. This is not how it should be. It was part of what uh, John Calvin did and, uh, and uh, the other fellow whom I've forgotten his name, Martin Luther. He was the main reformer. Sorry. Sorry. If any Germans are here, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to forget. He was an important fellow. It's all the Lord's work. We tend to treat our work, here's the thing, when we separate it. And here's the problem, when we do separate work and God's work. We tend to separate our time and treat our work as if it's our time. Which is okay, but there's something out of sync there. We tend to treat our work as, it, as it's our time. So what happens for a church-going, a good-believing person is, is, one, well, we have church time. You know, we do the church time thing. We're at church right now. You're doing church time. Good Christian. Good on you. Okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Brownie points are happening for you. Whatever. But and if you want more, you go to connect group. Okay? And then you, do, and then you, you have your prayer time in the morning. That's also your God time. And you have your Bible reading, which is amazing. That's also your God time or your church time, or whatever you want to call that time. That's God's time. And then, well, when we go, we trot off to work. Well, that's different. We're in work time now. Because it's work. There's not really, there's nothing holy about work. It's just work. It's work, work is work. Work, 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 work. Okay? <laughs> but what tends to happen is we have God's time, and now it's my time. And we tend to work differently in the two if we're not careful. Do you understand? So this is a frame of mind. It's kind of like a paradigm. Um, it's not particularly behavior, but it's, it's underlying sort of things that affect the way we act and the things that we do. Okay? And this is important. This is really important because, well, I'll tell you why. Also, is because a huge chunk of people that God used, like people that are recorded in the Bible, well, they were used through their jobs, through their work, and they weren't pastors. They weren't priests. Yeah. They, they weren't 
holy men. They weren't, you know, living up in a mountain in a cave because they were more holy than everybody else. They weren't. They were normal people. I mean, look, Abraham, what was Abraham? Abraham was a trader and a very good one at that, very rich man. Joseph, well, he was a prime minister. Luke, he was a doctor. The Ethiopian, there was an Ethiopian, in the book of Acts, there's this story about an Ethiopian who was like one of the first people to come to Jesus and know Jesus. Like, and uh, well, he was a central banker, okay? Uh, and he, what he did, he went from that place and, and, and a whole lot of people came to know Jesus because of that one Ethiopian guy. He didn't become a pastor, okay? Uh, Simon, well, he was a, a tanner. You know what a tanner is? A person who makes skin tanned okay it's not a tanner as in he goes to the beach and i beat her and whatever okay simon the tanner <laughs> i'm a tanner well, i want that job yeah end up with skin cancer okay david david what was david he was a king he started out as a shepherd boy job well he was a cattle and sheep ranger i mean and on a big scale like big scale okay uh daniel well he was an advisor to the king uh, Bezalel, who knows who that is? Bezalel. Bezalel. He was the guy who, when God gave the design for um, the, 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 the Ark of the Past Covenant, uh, Bezalel was the craftsman, the artist that put it all together. Yeah. He's very good with his hands. He knew what he was doing. He knew about acacia wood and how to make it look nice. And he knew about how to smelt gold and make it look into, you know, he was like a jeweler. He was all of that, all in a way. He was an artist. Okay, Bezalel. Adam, what was Adam? He was a pastor. No, he wasn't. He was a horticulturalist. Okay? And he was also a city builder. Yeah. Nehemiah. Remember Nehemiah? You know who Nehemiah is? He built a wall. He was a city planner, an urban planner. Okay? Abel. Abel. What was Abel? He was a farmer. And he was very able at it. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Matthew. What was Ma who was Matthew? He was a tax collector. Esther. Who was Esther? She was a queen. And she was a power broker also. How she got into power, she was a power broker. A little bit actually shifty how she got into power, if you read the story. <laughs> you just thought that you would add that in there? Uh, okay, uh, she was a pageant girl, everyone. Just in case you didn't hear that. <laughs> she became a queen, so there you are. There's the, there's the, there's the pathway for you, girls. Okay, question. How would it change our careers if we view our work time as God's time? Wow. How would it change your career? How could God use you if you, if you view your work time as God's time? Um, it's God's time. It's been given to us. God has given us time, right? He's given you time. He's given it, but... Well, how would it change things if you knew that the time that God has given you is given freely, but you will have to give an account for it? Would that change things for you? It definitely changes things for me. Um, and, and I want to explain something to you. Uh, that's the way it actually is in the kingdom of God. God has given you time to work, to go about Use the gifts and talents that you have to, to sharpen them, to make them better, to be the best that you can be at whatever it is that you can do and whatever God has gifted you with. He's given you this time, but you have to know something. One day we will stand before God and have to give an account for how we spent that time. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you a parable. Now, a parable, what's a parable? A parable is one of the stories that Jesus used to explain the kingdom of God. If you ever want to know about Jesus, you can go through um, the, the Gospels, which are the first four books of the New Testament, about halfway into the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and... John. I was just testing. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, and uh, you'll see that Jesus always, he would talk about, he would say, the kingdom of God is like this. And then he would launch on into a story to explain the kingdom of God. And this was one of those stories that he used in order to explain the kingdom of God. It's in Matthew chapter 25. We're going to read it out. Matthew chapter 25, um, verse 14 to 30. Um, before we read it, I just want to inject this thought. Okay, with our, with our calling. Because some of you might be thinking, well, I, I'm, I'm doing work, but I still don't know what my calling is. Okay, you've you got to understand something else about the kingdom of God, that your calling is, is at work no matter what job you're doing. Because our primary calling as, as, as followers of Christ is what? Our primary calling is to love God and love people. So, so whether you're, whether you're um, a, a floor sweeper which would be a great job. I'd just love to do that. So easy, okay? Or whether you're a, a brain surgeon, if, if you remember that your primary calling is to love God and love people, well, that changes things. Because how many people do you know, maybe it's not you, that are at work, but they don't work to, they don't work to love people. They don't work to love God. They're just in it for the money, right? It changes things. It changes things. If, if, if what you do is to operate within your primary calling, well, that changes everything. I, I think, could you imagine, could you imagine this city, if all of the city planners, if all of those involved in b the building of this city were, were working within that paradigm to love God and love people, this city would be completely different, Right? Um, and that, that, is what, that is the kind of kingdom that the Bible talks about that God is trying to build through us, okay? So our primary calling is to love God and love people. And then God has given us this time for that primary calling, okay? And, and it's ours. We can choose what we do, but we will have to give an account for it. Let me, let me read this scripture for you. Again, this is Jesus speaking. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants... And entrusted his wealth to them. Like I said, God has given you resources. Okay? To one he gave five bags of gold. Who's that guy? Who wants to be that person? You can choose. You can pretend. It's okay. Okay? And it's my kids always like, in a, whenever we're watching a movie, they're like, I'm that one. <laughs> if it's a princess, Willow's like, I'm her. And if it's a warrior, Elijah's like, I'm him. Okay? Daddy, you can be the bad guy. Okay. You're that guy, Dad. Oh. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to one another, to another one bag. Each according to his ability. Did you hear that? Each according to his ability. In other words, don't look at other people and say, oh, they're more able than me. Just look at what God's given you. Okay, I'm going to keep moving. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once to put his money to work and gained five bags more. Smart boy. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. Okay, just making sure you're reading with me. 
But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold bought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. I mean, there is so much I could preach about in this, but I'm not going to because of lack of time. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Okay, come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. I lost my page. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not gathered scattered seed. So I was afraid um, and went out and hid your gold in the ground. Uh, see, here's what belongs to you. Okay? His master replied, this is a little bit katak. Okay? His master says, chop. <laughs> okay? His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Now, for all of you business people in the crowd out there, I just want to point out that this is Jesus speaking. He had a pretty good mind for business. Just look at the way he terms things. Just look at the way he puts it. Okay, he was a Jewish boy at the end of the day. Okay, he knew what he was talking about. He'd been trained in it, okay. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has been... For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. (laughs) I know it says gnashing, it's okay. I like saying gnashing because it's a teeth there. (laughs) It also makes a really heavy scripture where everyone's like, oh my gosh. A little bit funnier. Okay. What's Jesus trying to say? One of the things you have to remember about the parables, I just have to say this quickly. Don't ever take the parable outside of what the parable is saying, okay? Try to understand the point Jesus is trying to make about what he's making or what he's saying, okay? Because sometimes with parables, you can get really caught up and like, whoa! Like, but a lot of the time within Jewish culture, they would go to the extreme to make a real point about what they're trying to say. Do you understand? Um, so... So, so it, Jesus is not saying that one day when you stand before God, he's going to ask you what you do at work, you did at work, and if you were like that wicked lazy servant who put everything under the thing and he's going to cast you out. I, that's not what Jesus is saying, okay? What he is saying is you will be made accountable for what has been given to you, and you have a time right now to make the most of it. Yeah. 
He's given you all the resources. He's given you everything you need in order to actually expand. And see, you've got to understand something about God. God is about fruitfulness. Oh, man, there is a lot of people within the church that have gotten into this poverty mentality. And I'm not a prosperity speaker. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that, 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 you know, if you just become a follower of Jesus, you're all of a sudden going to be some rich person. That's not what I'm here to tell you. But let me tell you something, that what Jesus actually talks about and what God does begin to do in your life as you come to him is he makes you fruitful. And, and, and you've got to understand something about Jesus. He expects it from you. Not, not, not in a like you must kind of way, but he expects it from you like you expect fruit from an apple tree. I mean, you plant an apple tree in the ground and it doesn't start bearing fruit. You're going to be like, something wrong with that apple tree. Okay? That's like God with you. He's like, I, I, I'm putting you in the ground. I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to put the right people around you. I'm going to put the right circumstances in your place. I'm going to give you the right mum and dad. I'm going to give you good health. I'm going to give you the good connections that you need. I'm going to give you whatever it is that you need according to your ability. Now go and produce fruit. And one day we will stand before God and he's going to say, man, you made the most of what I gave you. It's all the Lord's work. It's all God's work. It's all God's time. It's been given to us. So let's make the most of it. Let's not separate me from you and this whole pastor church weirdness. I, I'm not into that. This is into us doing something with what God has given us. Amen. amen. Can I get an amen? <laughs> okay. This, this changes things. Let me read you another scripture. It's in James. Okay, James chapter 4, uh, verse 13. Now, this is enough. This is, I mean, James is like a serious fellow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's all these different... This is the amazing thing about the Bible. There's all these different characters there. These are people. They were real people that wrote real, real things. The crazy thing is, is from all the different authors, they all talk about the same God and the same stuff, and, the, and it all links up, okay? Um, that's the amazing thing about the Bible. It wasn't just some guy that you know, sat under a tree, a coconut fell on his head and started to write, okay? It's, it's actually a whole lot of different people that were all saying the same thing, which says something about uh, the authenticity of the Bible. Here's James, who is actually J Jesus' half-brother, and he says this. It's kind of serious, but stay with me. Now listen, you who say... Oh, before I read this, just think about this in terms of your career. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's... Why, why would we say that? Because we're on His time. <laughs> we will live and do this or that. If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Now, that's important. See, it's a matter of, it's a paradigm. It's not, he's not saying it's, it's wrong for you to go and take a job in Dubai or Singapore or wherever. There's nothing wrong with that. But is it God's will? Well, that's for you to find out. But a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm just going to do, I mean, when it comes to work, I'm just going to go anywhere, do anything. 
what, what, what's God actually telling you to do? What, I mean, you only, you're a mist that just is here for now, and then before you know it, you're going to be standing before God. And He's going to say, well, I, I gave you everything, but what happened? You were meant to stay, or you were meant to go, or you, you, whatever it is. Changes things, right? Verse 16, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, all such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin. It's sin. And sometimes in the depths of our heart, we ignore the things of God because we think it's our time. We ignore the calling that God has, has for us because we're scared, because we've got this orphan mind that we think that, well, if I do that, then it's not going to be safe and I've got to look out for myself. Yes, you do, but you've got to understand something. You've got a Father in heaven who is going to look after every detail for you. Amen. And I can only say that as one who has moved countries and done what I've done and seen God come through in ways I never thought He would come through. I'm still seeing it. I still get amazed. Is it easy? No. It's hard. It's weird. It's difficult. But it's amazing. And I have to submit my heart and will to God every day. And I think all of us do. Because we can so easily get off track. When we separate things, when we put it all, oh, no, that's, that's different. That's not God. No, no, it's all God's time. And he, has born, he has born you. <laughs> he has created you. For now. For where this world is at, Right now, he's made you for it. The problem, I think, with this social media and the whole fakeness of Instagram, not that I have a problem with it, is there's this projection, this fake thing. You talk about fake news. This fake thing coming out that this is how you should look. I thought it was really interesting. One of the stories that came out in the news just recently, I think it was this week or the week before, there was a young lady who, uh, who was on, a, on a, a cruise ship that was carrying about 20 kilos of cocaine. And she had the most amazing Instagram feed. She's just traveling the world. She's here, there, everywhere, looking amazing. And it came up in the court and the judge is like, this girl projected this life because she wanted everyone to look at her and, and feel like, you know, she had something that she was living for. And the judge said, I don't think, I don't think anybody wants to be living the life she is now living as she's been put in prison. for getting caught. She got caught in Australia. And they tipped off somehow. It's interesting, right? I'm not saying it's wrong to have a great Instagram I, I like Instagram. I, it's, it's not wrong to have a great Facebook. I, I, I like Facebook, m mostly. Uh, uh, you know, I, I like all of these things. I love them. And, and I think if, if you want to pursue that as part of your career, that's amazing. But let me tell you something. We, we live in a society that is actually pretending, you know, and I think it's sad. God has so much more for us. He has a plan for us. And, and sometimes that, that leads us into places where it is difficult. I, I really believe, just on, on, as a side note, 
But I really believe that, I really hope for, and I pray that every one of us would be completely open to God, that He could say to us, okay, I want you to go, I want you to go to the other side of India and just go and set up shop over there. Or I want you to go and over to the other side of the world and go and do something over there where we can actually begin to hear God calling us into things. Or, 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 or it might be for some of us, I want you to stay. I want you to help build, you know. I don't know what it is for you. And I'm not, you know, I'm not looking at anyone to make anyone feel bad. But, but that, that, is, that is a really, really scary thing to say to God. Whatever it is you call me to, I'll do. But the fact is, is one day we'll realize that it was his time. So what do we need to do? What do we need to do? First, treat your resources like a gift you're accountable to God for. The resources you have, the money, the time, the health, the connections, I don't know what else you need. Whatever it is. I was trying to think of something, but nothing came to mind. But treat it all like it's God's, because it is. It's a gift. And one day, God, wanting to give you more, will ask you, well, what did you do with what I gave you? Do you understand that? God, one day, wanting to give you more with the heart, like the first two, where he said, well done, good and faithful. Okay, you can be trusted with that. Here you go, here's some more. He wants to give you more. You've got to understand that. But, but so quit, 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 quit thinking about what you don't have. And look at what you do have. And make the most of that. You understand? Yeah. And, and, and just understand that, that maybe, maybe for some of you, maybe if you're stuck, that God is trying to teach you something about his accountability. And he's teaching you something about what you need to do with what you've got right now. Maybe. Maybe. Second thing. So treat your resource like a gift you're accountable to God for. Second, maximize what he's given you. Be fruitful. Maximize. Do whatever it takes. I love the thought of athletes. We've just had the, um, the Commonwealth Games. And, uh, uh, and right now we have the IPL on. And... Uh, I love the fact that these athletes, when they're in game, uh, you'll find uh, it's very rare to find a, a, like kind of a lazy athlete, right? And if they are, it is instantly visible when they come up against one who hasn't been lazy. I mean, who knows, with cricket, cricket is becoming a faster and faster game. And these guys, in order to stay up with that kind of pace, uh, they ain't got to train. Back, back when, I'm an Australian, back when, who knows who Merv Hughes is? Merv Hughes, he used to, I'm, I'm sure he used to show up to most games drunk, okay? These guys would all drink. They were all big drinkers. You won't find many of these guys doing that sort of stuff anymore because it's become so competitive, okay? And if they do, they're going to get caught out. There's Something bad's going to happen for them um, that, because, because they're athletes. You know, you're an athlete. Why not be the best in your field? Why not get to bed on time? Some of you young guys are staying up watching too much TV. Well, maybe some of you old guys are doing it too. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, like, it was like, oh, I just, uh, I'm just, you know, I've just got to stay up till 3 a.m. and watch the rest of Game of Thrones and then, you know, then I've got to get to work at 7. I'm so tired. It's like, 
you know, and I'm also feeling depressed for some reason. <laughs> what do you think? Okay, why do you think you're feeling depressed as you're not sleeping properly? You know, like you're an athlete. You need to maximize what you've got. Make the most of it. Eat right. Stay fit. I'm talking to myself there. Stay fit, Ryan. You know, uh, just all of those little practical things. You may not feel that holy and spiritual, but they're important yeah. if you want to maximize the time that you've got and maximize what's been put in your hand. Yeah. It's important, okay? So treat it like a resource that you've been gifted and made accountable for, to God for. Maximize what He's given you. Be fruitful. Three, submit every moment, every choice about your work to Him because it's not separate. It's not separate. It's all the same. It's all in the same box. It's His time. You are doing the Lord's work. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai.